You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 22 When Gregor Sampson opened his eyes, he immediately wished that he hadn't. It was a sensation that an agent of the Red Panda could expect to experience more than once, but Samson never did get used to it. His head throbbed like it was on fire and his right eye was almost swollen shut, but he could make out three man-sized shapes lurking just beyond the pool of light. His arms were pinned behind him and half asleep from the strain. Samson knew at once they were handcuffed to the hard wooden chair he was slumped forward in. He tried to peer around as best he could, but the only light in the room was from a single bulb burning high over his head. There was a strange... Acrid smell in the air, full of must, but stale and almost lost to sense. Were Samson a less experienced investigator, or were he not struggling to analyze every minute detail for some advantage, he might have never noticed it. One of the men stepped forward into the light. His footsteps echoed against the hard cement floor as if the room were much bigger than it looked. A warehouse, maybe. The man was perhaps forty with a wiry build and a cold smile frozen upon his thin lips. His suit and hat suggested one who was well-placed but not himself well off. He stopped four paces away from Samson and placed his hands upon his hips, as if exceedingly pleased with himself. "'Hello, Mr. Grant. Remember us?' he said with a leer. "'How could I forget?' Samson snarled in return. "'What do you ladies want?' The wiry man scowled momentarily. There is no need for that, Mr. Grant. I think you will find that this will be easier if you do not make me angry. Or if not easier, at least quicker, for which you will be very grateful. Swell, Gregor spat. Remind me to get you a nice fruit basket. The two other shapes in the darkness shifted uncomfortably. Evidently this was not how they expected things to play out, though for the moment Samson was at a loss as to how this helped him. The thin man pushed his hat back on his head and began again, Mr. Grant, I represent a man of considerable influence, named Joshua Kane. Samson snapped. There was a moment's silence before he spoke again. I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What do you know about Mr. Kane? One of the men in the shadows growled. The wiry man's head spun around in anger. Evidently he fancied himself in charge. Samson smiled. You boys don't really think you're incognito, do you? I make it my business to know things. Your boss carries a lot of water in this town. You think I don't recognize his personal staff when they jump me and roll me into the back of a truck? Samson was beginning to enjoy himself now, which was usually a sign of worse things to come. The secretary, the driver, and... What, the candlestick maker? Manservant, a nasal voice corrected from the shadows. Shut up, the wiry secretary hissed and turned back to Samson. You, my friend, just made a serious mistake. One of many, I'm sure, but whatever I've done to disturb Joshua Kane's peace, it can't be worth a murder rap over. The thin-lipped smile spread still wider. He begs to differ, the wiry man said with a wave of his hand toward the shadows. A big man stepped forward. It was the owner of the nasal voice, the manservant in all likelihood. Samson could see the cause of that nasal tone now. The man's nose had been broken, and recently by the look of him, but Samson's smile at this quickly faded when he saw what the big man was carrying. It was a jerry can, a large one, and full to the top to judge by its apparent weight. 
Kane's manservant put the can down and set himself to the task of opening the spout. The secretary began to talk again, and Samson tried to force himself to focus on the words. "'You see, Grant,' he said, "'Mr. Kane is a man most meticulous in his business dealings. He favors a quiet approach, nothing flashy. His reputation is for discretion, and it is this reputation that keeps the work coming in. Do you follow me?' He paused for a moment and looked at Samson, who glared daggers back at him. With a small shrug, he continued, "'If there is one thing Mr. Kane does not like, it is people prying about in his business, especially small-time grifters and con-men like Miles Grant.' Samson tried hard not to look at the jerry-can or notice the smell of the gasoline vapors that were reaching him now. "'That's the trouble with reputations,' he said. "'They have a way of preceding you.' The thin man smiled indulgently. "'You aren't impressive enough to scare, Mr. Kane.' If it was just the fenced goodies from the Empire Bank you were sniffing after, you'd have made out all right. But when you started pushing other buttons, it was time to pay you a visit. Samson struggled hard to keep his mind on the conversation, not to think about how much the acrid, musty smell made sense now. It was the smell of past fires. Fires in which more was burned than wood and gasoline. He licked his lips and said nothing. Thing is, the thin man continued, Miles Grant isn't big enough to be on both trails at once. Besides, why should he be? There's no profit in it. So I did some checking, and then I did a little more. And guess what I learned? I can't imagine, Samson deadpanned his mouth bone dry. You aren't Miles Grant. The thin lips smiled again. There was a pause. You're crazy, Samson sputtered at last. "'Oh, you were Grant last week,' the secretary continued. "'You were even Grant last year. "'But you keep going back, and it ain't you. "'Not if you know where to look and just how to put the question.' "'The thin lips pressed into something like a smile. "'And that's the sort of thing makes Mr. Kane real curious. "'And when he asks a question, I like to have the answer at the ready for him. "'Well, aren't you precious?' Samson said, barely above a whisper. "'So here's what we're going to do,' the thin man said, flipping a brass cigarette lighter open with a smooth, one-handed motion and passing the flame slowly, just inches from Samson's, just inches from Samson's face. "'We're going to burn you. "'Not all at once, you understand, a bit at a time. "'Then we'll put you out and start again.' Sounds so simple, but in a few short minutes you'll be spilling all we ever wanted to know and more, and begging for a bullet in the brain. His lips parted to reveal a broad grin of stained teeth. The thin man stared into Samson's eyes, watching for any sign of fear. He saw none, and was glad of it. He was a man who enjoyed his work and hated to see it over too quickly. He snapped his fingers, and the big man with the jerry can advanced. Gregor Samson felt his body stiffen involuntarily. There was no doubt in his mind that his captors were quite sincere in their intent. He tried to brace himself, to hold out as long as he could. He wondered if, in the end, he would be the first to defy them to the last breath, and just what Joshua Cain would have to say about that. When a man counts his lifespan in minutes, his goals are simple and small. Gregor Samson set his jaw hard. He could smell the wiry man's foul breath beside his right shoulder. Across the room to his left, near the edges of the shadows, Kane's driver stood stock still and silent. Samson tried not to look at the large man with the broken nose as he closed in. 
ten feet away. Now six. In that instant there was suddenly a soft sound that Samson's ears knew only too well. From behind him and high above there came a rustling sound not unlike wind in a sail. He knew it for the sound of a long coat whistling in the wind, and it was music to his ears. The wiry man at his shoulder stiffened for an instant, but the big man didn't seem to have heard anything at all. It made him all the more surprised when the red panda dropped from his grapple rope and, as he fell, thrust his right boot sharply into the manservant's injured nose. There was a cry like a wounded animal as blood splattered from underneath the bandage on the man's nose. He fell backward, half-conscious at best, dousing himself in gasoline as he fell. The can clattered on the ground and rolled back into a stack of crates just beyond the pool of light. The injured man's cohorts were stunned for a moment. The red panda rose slowly from the crouch he had landed in, his long coat flowing around him as he seemed to melt up from the long shadows. Both men drew their guns as the masked man held his ground between them. Samson did his best not to whoop for joy as he heard a whistle overhead. There was a crash and a rattle as a combat boomerang thrown from the shadows shattered the overhead light, plunging the room into darkness. In that instant, both remaining gangsters fired, illuminating the room with a half a dozen lightning-like flashes as they fired for the spot where they had last seen the man in the mask. There was a cry and a dull thud and then only silence. Samson could hear his own heart pounding in his ears and feel the hot, stinking breath of the man to his right. At last the wiry man could stand no more. "'Dan!' he cried in a hoarse whisper laced with terror. "'Did we get him?' There was only silence. The wiry man took half a dozen steps slowly into the darkness. "'Dan!' he asked again. A moment later a quivering hand held forth a small flame from a brass cigarette lighter. "'Dan?' he asked again. He could see almost nothing by the light of the flame, but he saw the prone form of Kane's driver lying not far from where the man with the jerry can had fallen, and he did not have to wonder at what had happened. In their rush to gun down the mystery man standing between them, they had both fired wildly in the dark, and it was a miracle that either was still alive to tell the tale. From somewhere high above there came a laugh that rang in the air like a battle cry. The red panda was still out there, waiting for him. It was less than a second later that he remembered that things were much worse than he had thought. He did not hear the flying squirrel land. He had no idea where she had come from. But in the instant that he first became aware of her presence, she had already grabbed his gun arm and broken it at the elbow as if it were a dry twig. The wiry man screamed in agony, and in the second that followed, the darkness was suddenly dispelled by a bright wall of orange flame behind him. The brass lighter dropped at the moment he was attacked, had found the spreading pool of gasoline. The man turned to the flames just long enough to see that the prone forms of both of his companions were burning, consumed just as they had destroyed so many others, though with the undeserved mercy of unconsciousness. He turned back to face his attacker alone, unarmed and crippled. He clutched his shattered arm with his left and stared wildly. He saw the flying squirrel waiting for him to make a move, spreading flames reflected in her goggles and a cruel smile playing about her lips. He turned and bolted as fast as he could in the opposite direction. No matter that the door was the other way, that the flames had spread from crate to crate, had found the rafters and were spreading through the tinderbox of a building with a roar like thunder, running was the only thought that occupied his being. Chasing him down was the only thought in the masked girl's mind, until the shout of the red panda brought her back. 
We need him. He's the last one left, she protested as she turned. He's a dead man, the Red Panda shouted back above the growing din of the flames. We have to get Samson out of here. She looked down at their agent as the Red Panda released the handcuffs that bound him to the chair. She could see blood spreading across Samson's chest, his head slumped down, unseeing. What happened? she shouted. He must have been clipped when they were shooting at me. Come on. This place isn't going to stand much longer. The flying squirrel took one last look over her shoulder toward the man who had fled deeper into the inferno, then pressed her shoulder under one of Samson's limp arms as they made their escape. As the sirens of the police and fire trucks rang through the night, they just obscured the sound of a powerful engine streaking away into the darkness.